It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. And with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are uh, in our second episode of streaming movies, uh, small screen, as we're calling this uh, month. And we will be giving a full review of Horse Girl, um, the 2020 film written by Alison Brie uh, later in the episode. But we always like to start with just kind of catching up, um, seeing how things are going, um, which, of course, we are in a trying time in the world right now. And nothing is good per se. Um, some things are worse than others, but everything is a little chaotic. Everybody's under some weird stresses. Uh, there's all sorts of uncertainty in the world. And so who knows? Um, Corey, how are you? I'm okay. And that is <laughs> the sum of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for the weekend. <laughs> Does that exist anymore in a world where everything for, is happening? <laughs> I mean, like for me, at least I, cause I've worked at, I've been very fortunate um, to work from home. March like third or fifth was a year now. So even before all of this started. Um, so I'm pretty good about, I don't, I only come into my office really to do a few things. So it's easy for me to like, separate work and home pretty well Mm -hmm. um and at least i can just unplug my brain and not be like going 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 so i guess that's why i look forward to it no that makes perfect sense and and that is uh, a lesson i'm hearing all over the place is that need of separation and scheduling now that we are working from home more and more and just the little things like you know taking a shower changing your clothes that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um it's important to try to act like you're going somewhere even when you're not. Uh, we've been fighting with my teenager the last couple of days to, to make her like be a little more active with that. She's like, she's come out at like eight o'clock. She's still wearing pajamas. We're like, okay, look, <laughs> we get that we're not going anywhere, but she needs to at least pretend like, so today she was better about it. I feel like, so my mother has severe depression and that's kind of, what I grew up with, but she was a stay at home mom and she didn't, we always lived in the country and, you know, didn't really go many places, but it was such a point to her to always wake up and take a shower. She put her makeup on every day and got dressed. And I didn't understand that for a long time. And she just said that, you know, it helps her like, I guess, have a new day. So Mm -hmm. I, I've always appreciated that. Like, I don't put my makeup on every day or I don't blow dry my hair every day, but I still, like, wake up and take a shower and I change out of my pajamas into, like, some workout leggings and a hoodie. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it, it's very interesting, like, hearing – because a lot of people do need a lot of structure, but some people don't. I have uh, very much – I am one of those people that need a lot of structure. Um, I know. Partly, <laughs> I, I started that – when I started Burke Reviews, because uh, I was, mm-hmm. I, I think I've said this too many times recently. I don't know if I could, if I've said it on here, but I was d- doing my master's, also doing Burke Reviews, and that was a movie a day kind of thing. And then we started the podcast, so then that was a part of it. And um, 
so I, I've, for the last five years, especially my, my days are regimented, very, very tight. And some days th that is great. Some days I feel overwhelmed and I do mm. get very, very aggravated if my schedule gets interrupted by somebody else. Um, like one time, and this is the time I remember being the most aware of why I was so upset, but I had ordered groceries online. This is months before. Now it's like a nightmare to even try to do that. Cause everyone's like, everyone's doing that. Um, but you know, I've been using the online, like grocery, you order online, go pick them up kind of thing for a couple of years now. And it was a Sunday and I I've done it so many times that I'd never had any issues in this one Sunday. I had it scheduled for uh pickup at noon and I was, I had to be somewhere at like one 30 or whatever. And I got there and it, it wasn't ready. And then it was still not ready. And then like, it was pushing my whole day back and I like lost my mind. I was so mad. And I wasn't even like mad at the people. I was just like, mad like i just was mad at anything and so um that said i i am very regimented right now um with this i, I am making myself get up at seven um, which is two hours later than i normally get up uh so it's it is sleeping in kind of um i'm still going to bed later than i normally would because of the same reason um but i i'm getting up at seven um, I'm doing my workout within the first hour now. That nice. seems to be my uh, my go-to, which is weird because before I was working out at night, um, like it was ending my day. Now it's starting my day. And uh, I have found a new, uh, a bad addiction to energy drinks um, oh. because of that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the low, you know, the, the bang, which is the, the keto one everyone was on. I've started, mm -hmm. I've this week, especially I've been drinking them once in the morning only. And that's replacing my morning caffeinated coffee because i usually just drink decaf but in the morning i usually drink regular i've replaced that with a bang mainly because i can drink it really quick and it does i i will not deny like what once it kicks in like i work out way harder um and like today uh i i didn't run on monday on uh, tuesday because my knee's been really bothering me um which you had pointed out like because i'm running on asphalt and i've done some reading since then and you are completely correct it is tearing up the hell out of my ankle and knee um it's so much like impact because i i don't run consistently i do other workouts but when i was running on asphalt my left knee is like messed up and holy hell yeah, yep i i have a knee brace in route at some point mm -hmm. i don't know when amazon's actually going to ship it uh that my uh my friend and old drummer from uh my first big band that you've been to many shows of back in the day um he's he's gotten really in in shape and has uh nice. he does a lot of like the um oh like they're like they're like a strongman 5k like I, I can't think what they're called but oh. uh they're like really intense like 5ks and um, Hansen does those from the and, Hansen brother oh well so he he recommended the brace that he uses and so i ordered one of those uh it's just like a compression sleeve kind of brace mm -hmm. and then i ordered a thing for my phone to like because i have to like hold my phone when i'm running because in my pocket it's just like flapping around um so i i ordered one of the armband things so i'm like oh, really thanks. wanting them to get here but i don't know when they're actually going to ship right now um but uh today I ran, I, I let myself, I did on Tuesday, I did like another cardio. Like I found a thing on YouTube it was like low impact, but high intensity. So it was meant for like when your knees messed up. Um, so I kind of took it easy Tuesday as, as far as like injuring my knee, but it was a really intense workout. And I really recommend it. I actually need to, um, I want to post the workout I did on Instagram. Cause I really like it's, it, it's hard, but it's very doable. Um, but today I ran and 
Um, I have never been a a long distance runner or a sprinter at all. Like I've never been into running. Um, And my goal now that I've started doing this is to get to like a 10 minute mile, uh, which I've never even come close to. Um, I'm I'm still far away, mind you, but I I knocked a minute twenty seconds off my mile time today, so I was pretty oh, yeah. um pretty proud of that. Considering I've only been running for two weeks, and I've only I'm running the last two times I've tried to run, I I could barely run because my knee was like just not okay, and so that's why I took Tuesday off. And today it hurt a little, but it was definitely better from taking the day off. So I don't know if I'm going to run again on Saturday or not, but I am. Uh, I am al- going to alternate between the, the low impact cardio and then the running to try to keep that going until I get the brace. Um, and then I'll push it a little more, but, uh, yeah, that was a big, it was a big milestone for me today. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I have that and then I work and work has been, it's kind of weird. Cause like we're, we're meeting with kids, like whenever they need to meet with us, but we're doing like live sessions and there's no way to require them. So like sometimes I have like three in a class and sometimes I'll have 15 in a class um, show up on like a Zoom meeting kind of thing. And like it's been cool. One meeting or you're like having separate meetings with each. Student? I have um, six class periods. So we're doing oh, like yeah. full like class type sessions, um, which I normally have six class periods, but we're only doing that once a week uh, with each class. And then oh. I have not had to meet face to face per se like virtually face to face individually yet um but i have uh you know like a lot of emails a lot of texts and like all times of day um you know students are working when they can work some have like five or six brothers or sisters that are all doing online school suddenly and they only have one most houses what i would say probably only have one computer most of the time you know every once in a while like you'll a, a high school kid might have their own laptop but you know what i'm saying like most of these families are having to share a computer amongst their whole family and so mm-hmm. um and as, as parents working from home too, and they don't have a work computer, there's a lot of variables. So like you have to be really flexible and it's, but we're making it work. Um, and I, I, this week's been much, I think the best week so far. So like more students are, are getting in, involved and engaged now. I think the reality that this isn't going away is kicking in for a lot of the students. Um, I think some were thinking, ah, it'll just be a couple of weeks. And now it's like, Oh crap. No, this looks like it's going to be the rest of the year. Probably it's not official here in Florida. But it, it is looking like that is the probability, especially Universal Studios extended their shutdown oh. until May 31st today. So if they if we look back, Disney shut down, Universal shut down, Legoland shut down and then school shut down, then Disney extended, Universal extended, then schools extended. And so I'm like, OK, well, if they've extended to May 31st, most likely on Monday, we'll hear that schools are, are shut until May 31st. But nothing official uh, if you're listening to this before they've announced that. But it'll be very close together um but uh you know um i'm doing all that and then still trying to i've been podcasting like a madman uh today especially this is the uh third podcast in two days i've recorded um i recorded with matt our two episodes for uh the bandpocalypse and then we did our full um march episode of uh, bloody awesome today and then i think some point we're going to try to record um astrology for 2010 uh, this weekend too. So, and then obviously recording this right now, um, and still lesson planning and still trying to have some life that's not just doing work stuff. Uh, because while this is something I choose to do, I consider it to be work. This is something that I, I feel at this point, especially I've established Burke reviews strong enough that I need to keep it going. I'm not willing to let it die just yet. So it's work in that way. And I, I did, uh, Tribeca is going to be doing some online stuff, 
Um, so I, I'm hoping, actually, I need to talk to you about that. If you want to, uh, potentially partake in watching some digital streamers, you could do that for once since you don't have to travel to New York. <laughs> um, right. you don't have to, of course, either. I don't want to put any more pressure on you, but you know, if you wanted to, that's something you need to apply like tomorrow. Uh, I would take no time, but if something to think about, and if you decide you want to, I can send you the, the link. Um, do I have to like have certain, like, do I have to prove credentials or do I, you would be through Burke review so you okay. would i i would just like approve that you are one of my writers slash podcasters okay um, we we'd probably have to do like you know a, a few episodes or mini episodes or something oh. like that with the movies that you watch and you could also write if just whichever would no, be no, no. easier for you <laughs> okay. um so uh that's supposed to, I, I haven't been officially approved yet but they they sent us the digital application and i i feel like i will likely be approved um, so, I'm, but we don't know what movies we're going to get digitally from the oh. festival because they're still planning on postponing the festival, um, and doing it later, but of course they don't oh. know what that will be. So, and they could get more movies at that point or whatever, but, um, so I have all that going on and then, uh, yeah, I've been playing some video games, um, yeah. which uh, I started Horizon Zero Dawn on the PS4, which I'm oh. loving. Um, partly, I bought it uh, like a year ago, and I've just many games that I like, like my movie collection. I own many games that I've not played or beat. Um, not as many as I own movies, thank goodness. Uh, but nonetheless, um, I have I've I've had it a hard time committing to movies that aren't um, rewatches the last two weeks. So, like I I have. I'm just so overwhelmed Comfort. that I don't feel like, yeah, I, I've been looking for things that like, I watched the wedding singer yesterday, which was a really oh, good call. Um, that's a good I love one. that movie. And it, it, it makes me feel good. Um, yeah, I do think it's Sandler's best, although I can't, I will always fight for uh, Billy Madison and happy Gilmore is still being great. Um, and I love when like random people who I wouldn't expect to know those movies as well as I do, like will quote something from one of those. And like, I'm the only person in the group who gets it. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Like I was on a, a Zoom call with a few coworkers for like a parent conference, and um, I'm trying to remember what line he said, but he uh, he said a line from from Happy Gilmore, and I started laughing, and like no one else got that he was referencing it. Um, but yeah, uh, stuff like that. Um, but it, it's been it's been a busy week. Uh, I am listening to the Kamel and Emily podcast, staying in, which I really can't stress enough that everyone needs to listen to it's John, just really great yes i started listening today so i finished mm. the first episode and then i can't remember how far i got into the second episode because i was listening to it while i was working which is interesting because i have to read and type and then mm -hmm. i'm also listening to something and yeah i don't know you get distracted I, I i do that too but that's one of the things i like about podcasts is most of the time the information is not essential Mm -hmm. So if I do miss it, I'm not like upset usually by the the fact that I missed it, and I'm okay with like just letting it in. It's and it a lot of times it's even uh, soothing um, to just listen like zone out like that, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I I've skipped uh, I skipped the first interview bonus episode, and then oh. I listened to part of the bonus um, working out at home one. Um, but man, like. I don't know. I just like the dynamic of Emily and Camille so much that the interviews feel like, like bothersome more to me than they are enjoyable, but that's, you know, me, I like structure as I've noted. And so I like, I like it. I like the way 
the show itself is structured. So like a deviation from it is more of a bother to me than an enjoyment. So, but I'm weird. So, you know, <laughs> but that's why I like Kamel because Kamel's weird too. <laughs> oh man. His anxiety is like the same as my anxiety. Um, I was identifying so much with him mm-hmm. in that first episode. <laughs> I, I, I it's, I'm actually, I want this quarantine and everything to be over, but I also know that that means their podcast is going to stop. And that makes me sad because I really like this podcast and I wish they would keep doing it. And they used to do the indoor kids, which was also really good. Um, and then I love Camille's X-Files Files podcast. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm a big Camille fan. I can't wait to see the movie that got postponed and to see Eternals, which has been postponed um, at some point in the near future, hopefully. Um, I'm going to be watching Trolls World Tour this weekend, though on uh, voodoo um everybody it's it's hmm. out for twenty dollars i have to watch trolls because i've never seen it and then i'll watch trolls Wor- world tour because i have so, to do that for a lot of reasons um I, okay so we bought onward because it was only twenty dollars uh-huh. and we got to own it but it's like i want to watch some of these other movies and i would be willing to part with twenty dollars for a movie that i've never seen before if it meant that we got to have it too, even if I don't like it, just in case yeah. I did. You know what I mean? Because I really yeah. want to see Emma, but I don't want to pay $20 to rent it when... I've seen know? Emma. Okay. And Kathy and I liked it. Um, I will say, I only understood it because I've seen Clueless many times. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not have known what the hell was going on if it was not for my uh, able, ability to one for one. Like, okay, so that's Ty. And it was that just is... <laughs> Paul Rudd's birthday. He's like 600 years old now, but he uh, only looks like he's 33. A lot of a lot of uh, immortals in Hollywood. Um, all right. Before we get into what we've been watching, I feel like this is a good transition point. Um, by the way, Onward is now available on Disney Plus, and I was very upset. <laughs> I mean, I feel like yeah. we would have wanted to own it anyway. I like it a lot, so I, I'm. I do too. Um, but uh, so before we get into what we've been watching, because I usually just do movies, I do want. I watched The Boys on Amazon Prime, which I'd been people have been recommending to me like for since it came out. Like you're gonna love it, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Um, no one mentioned to me that Carl Urban was in it. Oh, and I would have immediately said right because I love him. Like he's always it's Carl. It's Carl, right? Keith is the the country singer. Carl, yeah, is Carl actor. Urban from um, like. Star Trek. He's Bones McCoy. Bones. He's uh, a really cool version of Judge Dredd that not enough people saw. Um, and he was he's in uh, Thor Ragnarok, actually. He's the bald guy in that movie. Um, the Hunter or whatever his name is. And I, I'm a big fan of him, and he is so good in The Boys. Um, it, there's some other people in it. I won't name drop, but uh, it is really, really interesting, and it is um, very sexual. Like, way more sexual. In fact, I started reading... The, um, the comic book uh, now because it's a Garth Ennis comic. And I, I went back and I was like, now I want to read the book. And I'm like, I think I'm seven issues into the graphic novel. Cause it's broken up still by issues, even though it's all together. And I, uh, I subscribed to comiXology so I could uh, unlimited so I could read whatever books I want. Because right now that's the other thing I'm trying to do a little more is read. Uh, and mm-hmm. for me, comics is much more comfortable to read than like, I look at a block of text, my brain just starts thinking about everything else. But I look at a block of, a block of text with images and my brain can like, I ADD on the page instead of away from the page. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm all over the page 
but I'm still there. Where like in a book, I'm like text, and then my brain's like, "Hey, you remember that one thing?" <laughs> so um, comics seem to like help my crazy like look at everything kind of mindset. So um, I've been reading that, and it's even more sexual in the the graphic novel. And uh, but I, I really, really, other than that, I highly recommend the show. It's super. Uh, it's a really interesting look at superheroes, and um it's it definitely feels like akin to watchmen because the watchman poses the question who watches the watchman and if this were in the same universe the answer would be the boys watch the watchman and uh it's that's kind of the the framework that i think one should go into it's not set at the same time nor is it part of the same universe i'm not even sure actually if this was a um a div- division of marvel it's not one of the main books but garth enos is uh, most known for his run with punisher um or at least that's what I know him most for. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's really good. It's a very well executed show. There's only eight episodes too, but they, uh, they're they all like an hour. Um, really like the, ca- the cast uh, in, and the characters. It's just, it's really good. I can't wait for season two. I don't know when it's coming out, but I, I will definitely be watching it when it comes out for a change instead of waiting many months later. I've watched a lot of shows uh, since we've been on quarantine. Like I've knocked out The Hunters. I've knocked out that, um, The Outsider. And I think something else. Um, I'm now I'm kind of like, uh, and I've been watching Dave, um, which now I'm two episodes behind. I just realized, but um, yeah, I am. I'm watching way more TV uh, than I am movies, even. But I still have some movies to talk about. So Corey, what have you been watching since uh, we've been on lockdown? Okay, um, I watched Phantoms, which is based on a Dean Koontz book, um, and it had. Rose McGowan and Ben Affleck in it. It was okay. I watched the first episode of Shudder's Cursed Films, which is a series that they're doing, and each episode is a cursed film. So the first one was on, um, oh my god, uh, no, 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 The Exorcist, which made me think Mm. of our friend Matt. For sure. Yeah, Matt loves The Exorcist. Yeah, and they've already put up two more episodes. And they're only like 24 minutes, but the first episode was super interesting. Uh, They did, they have one up for Ullman and Poltergeist now that I'm going to probably check out tonight. I finished all the Robert Stack uh, Unsolved Mysteries and wanted to cry, even though I've watched them a million times. (laughs) I rewatched Tall Man, which has Jessica Biel in it. I love this movie. I love it. Hmm. Um, if you want to check it out, it's streaming on Prime. Tall man, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't really... Uh, it takes place in a small town, I think, in Washington. And um, all the kids are just disappearing and no one knows what's happening to the kids. And they have a hmm. local urban legend about the tall man. Um, I watched a short film on HBO, Lullaby. It... I feel like short films and short stories are an art form, and I just feel so disappointed most of the time. Because, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched Winter's Bone, and I th- ah, it was good. Time. Yeah. I think that Jennifer Lawrence used up all of her talent in that movie. Um, <laughs> she, I mostly I just, agree with you. I, 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 I like her in Silver Linings Playbook, Uh and I actually like her in Joy a whole lot. I, I wanted feel like to see Joy. Joy. Yeah, I think a lot of people slept on that one, and I think she's really good in that. Um, 
I, I I think it shows some of the most range in a in a performance uh, since Winterbone, uh, Winter's Bone. But yeah, um, I, and it's also David O. Russell seems to know how to work with her. I need to watch it. Um, I watched The Remains, which I th- oh it, that was on uh, Hulu. I think mm. it was mm, all right. Empire Records, because yesterday was Rex Manning Day, my friends. Oh, why didn't you text me? That's like, oh. a, we always text each other Rex Manning Day stuff, and I didn't see anything about it. I did see that you watched that, because you also watched Can't Hardly Wait, I believe. I didn't get to that one. I'm old. Oh. I'm going to watch that soon. But, yeah, it's, uh, yesterday was Rex Manning Day. I posted about it a couple times on Twitter. Wow, I missed that. Because um, that's, in the past, we would, like, tweet uh, gifts at each other and such. Um, <laughs> It's been, it's, I think that we're in a pandemic right now and that I can be forgiven this one time. Sure, sure, sure. We'll, we'll pick it back up next year. Um, and it was really fun because guys, I love Ethan Embry. Hello, welcome. If you're new here, um, became like one of my biggest celebrity crushes in 1998 when I went to see Can't Hardly Wait in theaters. And, uh, he was like live tweeting, like he had, if you wanted to participate, you could start uh, Can't Hard, sorry, Empire Records at a certain time. I think he said something like 137. And he and Johnny Whitworth, who plays AJ, um, were like tweeting back and forth and like retweeting and interacting with like fans and stuff. So I was working, but reading back through it later on last night was fun. Um, and I just love how uh, interactive he is with people. And then um, I've gone back and I think I started in season 10 of King of the Hill. I couldn't remember where I left off, but for a long time, Hulu was uh, the screen was, oh God, the resolution was getting messed up when I was watching King of the Hill. Uh, It would like get smushed and stretched out and stuff. So I had to stop watching it, but that's what I've been watching. Well, I, um, since we last (laughs) recorded, I've been, like I said, a lot of um, two two times I've had a Netflix party with some of my students. Okay. Um, do you, are you familiar with that? It's where you guys watch together, right? Right. It's a Chrome extension, and it allows uh, one user can take control over the movie, which is what I've been doing because it's oh. like a class session. So I control the film. Everyone has to have their own Netflix account, and uh, it gives you like a chat window on the right side of it, the screen. And it's not – it pushes the screen over, so you don't quite get a full screen. But it's it's not too intrusive. And um, we did it last week uh, with just my honors class. I only had three students available to come for whatever reason, whether they didn't have Netflix or whatever. And it was uh, it was an option. I'm giving my students options to kind of work around what their their availability is like. I am it is really hard because I'm having to go and like for each streaming service, pick movies that they can watch and things like that to give choices. And then I'm like using some of the free services like Tubi TV or Vudu uh, has free stuff. And um, IMDb TV has free movies now, too. And you have to watch with commercials. But, you know, if my students don't have like Netflix or Hulu, I don't want to penalize them and that kind of thing. It's this whole thing. But we watched My Life as a Zucchini uh, as our first Netflix party, which I all I knew about um, my my goal for that week was for them to uh, expand their taste was the idea. So you don't usually watch movies with subtitles and I want you to pick a movie with subtitles. We don't usually like documentaries. I want you to watch a documentary. I want you to try to find something in the things you think you don't like that maybe you like. So life is my life is a zucchini is a French uh, animated film that was nominated for an Oscar uh, the year it came out and I've been meaning to watch it for a while. I had heard it was kind of dark. 
I did not know that the kid main character in this animated movie would kill his mother on accident in the first five seconds of the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> and becomes uh, an orphan and that's the whole premise i knew it was about an orphan i didn't realize how he became one so. i feel like that should just be right out there in the synopsis so everybody it, knows what they're getting into to be fair it may have been and i just didn't uh, do enough research but luckily it's still a light movie despite that how <laughs> like, the hell it's because it, it's, it's animated so there isn't there isn't there's definitely a sadness to it it's not like it's light and it's a it's great i want to put that out there i'm acting like it um, the three students that did show up are they're all in my film honors class. They're all seniors. I've had them for four years, all of them. Um, so it was a very it was a fun chat. We had a really good time watching the movie. We liked the movie a lot. Uh, we stayed we stayed in like we paused and like chatted about it on the chat afterwards. It was really fun. It was a cool experience. Um, I tried to recreate that today. I'll get to that in a moment. But I also watched I rewatched Class Act, which is a uh, oh. the very lowly rated uh, kid and play movie uh, from 1992 after their house party success they got another movie i always enjoyed class act and i enjoyed rewatching it it's it's bad it's it's stupid but i i enjoy that movie um i had a screener for a film i cannot give much more information about but i saw it. it's called endings and beginnings it's the same director from like crazy hmm. and that's all i'll say listen to our like crazy episode hold on and that's oh i was gonna ask do you mean hmm. and then you answered my question so uh, then I watched Horse Girl, which is what we're going to be talking about in a minute. Um, Corey, I finally watched The Road, a movie that uh, you had me buy many years ago um, with Viggo Mortensen, uh, Cody Schmidt McPhee, and oh, I um, love that kid. Charlize Theron. And uh, that was for an episode of the Bampocalypse Now that um, will be dropping uh, mon- no, tomorrow. I think it drops tomorrow. Um so uh listeners it was yesterday sorry uh for for Corey, if you want to listen to that episode to hear what matt and i thought about the road um then we watched oblivion for that same uh podcast the apocalypse Uh, i'd seen oblivion before but uh matt had not it's a tom cruise movie it's it's not good it's it's entertaining at times it's it's schlocky and it's it's a knockoff of a bunch of other sci-fi movies but um yeah uh then i watched the wedding singer as i mentioned I just rewatched Snowpiercer for a upcoming oh, episode of Bampocalypse. Yeah, it's really freaking good. Um, I liked it the first time I saw it, and then like I kind of didn't feel like rewatching it because I'm like, Ugh, I've seen it, and it's it it's you know it's, it's kind of so good though. But yeah, as soon as it was on, I was like, why didn't I want to watch this? This is great, and I forgot how important Octavia Spencer is in that movie. And Tilda Swinton is off the charts crazy in that. Film. Oh, she's so good. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, today I did my second Netflix party with my students so this time i opened it up to my film one two and three class um and only five kids showed up uh but again it was um this one i framed i was like you know we we were very chatty during the last movie so i thought we'd go light so i'm picking a movie that i liked as a kid that we can kind of it's probably not very good but it's also entertaining and we can make fun of it kind of thing in the chat and so we watched richie rich which I still like. I still think it's a fun movie. I don't get why it gets... It's like it's a kid's movie. It's exactly what it's supposed to be, and it's entertaining. Did you ever see Richie Rich? The one with Macaulay Culkin in it? The one with Macaulay Culkin in it. Yeah, not in a very long time. Right, it came out in 1994. It's 26 <laughs> years old. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I didn't really uh, need you to put it in that much perspective. You could have just stopped at 1994. Yeah, I I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed it then. I enjoy it now. It's still fun. I um, just it's very dark. 
I feel like I don't remember the dark part of it, so we can talk about that in a minute. But I just don't understand why everyone thinks that every single movie has to be like some, I don't know, like life altering, opening Mm. your eyes. You know what I mean? Like sometimes. You're right. No, and this movie, I think, does it for me. It makes me laugh. I I find a lot of the humor to be it, it's childish, but I it's it's light and where it's dark. It the movie itself doesn't treat it as dark, but there's stuff like if this movie was made today, I think people would have a big problem with it. Like the, um, at one point, John oh. Larroquette shoots Richie. Um, they when they frame the the butler and like make him look like he's he's murdered the parents. Keep in mind that's the whole premise is that the parents would die in a plane crash, um, and so now Richie's alone. And so then they try to frame the butler and then like, while the butler's in prison, they plan to, to kill him and make it look like a suicide. They say they make it look like he hung himself. Like that's the line in his family friendly kids movie. <laughs> so it's like, I don't think that would fly in today's standards. Uh, we're a little more, you know, worried about that kind of stuff. But so I watched that this afternoon and then uh, in between recording Bamp and this and picking my wife up from work, I watched a screener for a movie called Arkansas. I can't say much about, uh, I can't give my opinion of, but it's got, it's directed by Clark Duke. It's his debut, uh, directorial debut. Um, you might know him from a movie called Sex Drive, which I, I like quite a bit. It's very stupid, funny, but funny. Um, he used to do a, a YouTube channel with Michael Sarah because they were roommates in college. Um, and then he was on The Office uh, for a while, like in the later seasons. Um, oh my God. Is he the guy with the short, dark hair and the glasses? Yes. Yes, he is. I think that somebody was just talking about him and shared his Instagram on their Instagram. And I can't remember because I follow so many people. It might be John Krasinski or Jenna Fisher, but very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie stars uh, Vince Vaughn, John Malkovich, Liam Hemsworth, Vivica A. Fox and Clark Duke himself. He's in there too. Um, I won't, I can't give any feedback yet because I'm on embargo until May, I think. Uh, But I've, I just watched it today and that was the last thing I watched. So that brings us to the movie of the week. Uh, let's get into Horse Girl. So that's a weird statement. That is, I feel uncomfortable having said it. Um, but uh, you just made it so awkward. Yes, I did. Um, so Horse Girl uh, is a Netflix original, but it did debut, I think, at Sundance. It debuted somewhere at a film festival in January, so most likely Sundance. Yeah. Um, Sarah, a socially isolated woman with a fondness for arts and crafts, horses, and supernatural crime shows, finds her increasingly lucid dreams uh, trickling into her waking life. Um, Has a 61 Metascore, 5.9 IMDb user score, which most likely is because it just freaked people out. Uh, It is co-written by Jeff Benea and Alison Brie, directed by Jeff Benea, and it might be Bana, I don't know, B-A-E-N-A. And he's... uh, I've seen several of the things he's written um, hmm. and he has directed the little hours, Joshy and life after Beth. I've seen the little hours and life after Beth. I've not seen Joshy. Um, and I know you're a fan of life after Beth, but I don't think you saw little hours if I'm not mistaken. No, it's in my uh, Amazon queue. Yeah. It's, it's, I was surprised at how sexual that movie is. Um, but yeah, he's worked with Alison Brie before, and so this is Brie's uh, writing debut, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the movie stars her, Molly Shannon, um, John Ortiz has a very small part, but I always like John Ortiz. And I don't know most of the other people in this movie, except for Debbie Ryan. Um, Matthew Gray Goobler keeps showing up in stuff that I'm watching. He was also in that Endings Beginnings movie that I watched this week. Um, I didn't even put it together that it was him as Darren, but... Uh, and then Jake Pickling, Picking, 
is someone I've seen in things before. Looking through to see if anyone else is like super notoriety kind of thing. Um, this is a so uh, different. Yeah, he, it's produced. Oh yeah, Paul Reiser shows up for like two oh, yeah. seconds. Um, <laughs> and uh, and David Paymer, the doctor, he's he's in a bunch of stuff. He's a known character actor. Um, and uh, the Duplass brothers did produce this. Um, and so Jay Duplass apparently showed up somewhere in the movie too. But um, I think I've hit all the stats. So it's a net. It's on Netflix now, and uh, that's why we picked it because this is small screen. Um, Corey, this was your pick. Oh, crud. I want to pause for just a second. Not not pause the podcast, but uh, pause because I forgot to mention a movie that I started to watch and unprecedentedly decided not to finish. Um, I, I like uh, Kobe Smolders because of her, mainly because of she was Robin on How I Met Your Mother, and I love that, that sitcom. And so there's this movie called Songbird that I've been aware of for a while. It's uh, about like a musician, or at least that's what I thought it was. And I made it like halfway through and I was like, you know what? I don't like this. I don't want to watch it. And I stopped. Um, so yeah, it's super like piecemeal and like super improv. And it, it, ugh, <laughs> I, I did not enjoy it at all. I was like, at parts I was getting mad and I was like, you know what? I don't have to watch this. Nobody's making me watch this. This isn't for a podcast or I don't have to review it. I'm just going to stop because I was not enjoying myself. So uh, Songbird, skip it, is my my recommendation. Um, not worth my time, at least. But back to Horse Girl. Um, you picked it. Uh, what made you select this film out of all of the streaming options? This is going to sound so stupid. And I hate that this is coming out of my mouth, but this is what's happening. It kept catching my attention when I would stream, when I would go through the options on the very overwhelming Netflix. It just always caught my eye. Like the like picture or whatever, the still. Maybe it's the cover. Um Is it the, the poster? Uh maybe. It's yep, yeah, it is. Uh and I like I don't know I don't like follow Allison Brie, but I really liked her in Mad Men. Um mm. and I, I loved her in community. Um, which is now on Netflix, uh, hmm. which you should totally watch if you've never watched it because there are so many movie references in that show. It is amazing. Um, but she's great. Jillian, uh, not Jillian Bell. What? Jillian Jacob? No. I don't think her name's Jillian. I think that's her actual, I think this name on the show. It's another actress who's in a bunch of stuff now, but she's really good in that. Joe McHale's in it. And of course, the most important part, Donald Glover is amazing in that show so uh but uh, i am a fan of brie um sorry to interrupt you were you yep. were saying from mad men yeah which i've not seen i need to watch that oh man i love that show so much i've watched the whole show pretty much i think twice and i follow january jones and christine hendrick hendrickson i follow a lot of them on instagram and i just am feeling compelled to watch it a third time um I just there like the story sounded interesting. I think that I um I did see a trailer for it because you know how Netflix has that very invasive thing where it just starts yeah. playing stuff. I mm -hmm. that was the F word right there. Hate that feature. I hate it. Yeah. Um but anyways, I watched it and I also saw that Molly Shannon is in it and I I like her. So, that's why I chose it. None of this was very intellectual. 
Oh, it doesn't have to be. Um, that's I actually think that's an important part. Uh, I've found some really great movies because my wife will pick them based solely on posters and delicatessen or the thumbnails. Uh, no, not delicatessen. We we picked that one. She picked um, East Side Sushi that way though, and I love that movie. That's how uh, I picked delicatessen. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, sometimes it, we luck out. Um, and for sure, it doesn't always pan out. There's definitely been movies that have backfired for that. And that's, I guess, where we need to hear, Corey. Is this a, a successful pick based on all that information? I feel like this movie was middling to me. Maybe hmm. maybe uh, edging more towards the... I, it was much heavier than I was expecting. Yes. And I don't think that I needed that right now. I don't feel like... I don't know. Some of the particular subject matter in this movie is very personal to me, I guess. Um, so I don't know if I would have ever been ready for it. And I don't feel like... I don't feel... I don't like... there is there even really a conclusion to the movie? I, I don't know. It wasn't... I... I... I think there is, um, to a degree. I don't know if, uh, okay. I think I, I might've misunderstood your question because you, you were being purposely cryptic because we're not spoiling yet. Um, and now I'm like, wait, did she mean this or did she mean that? And if you meant one of them, I think yes. And if you meant the other, I think no, but by design. And, Mm -hmm. um, um, I, so this movie reminded me of Ingrid Goes West. Uh, did you see that one, the Aubrey Plaza film? No, I wanted to. So, I had an issue with that movie. Um, I because that movie is blatantly a comedy, and uh, Ingrid Goes West, and it deals with mental health. And I, at some point, I felt like it was more mocking mm. than than actually like exploring the this thing and. For some reason, like I'm looking at IMDb and Horse Girl is not listed as a comedy on IMDb, uh, which is good because I, I don't think it is. But there are moments that are so odd and weird that while I was watching it, I thought they were going for comedy. And so if it's not, and I'm looking at Letterboxd and it also does not list it as a comedy. So now I am thinking maybe I was taking things that in another movie would have been intended to be funny because they're so weird or shocking or out of place um, that maybe it wasn't going for humor. And if that's the case, then I have less issue with this film. Um, I am a hundred percent sure the scenes in Ingrid goes West were going for comedy. And I, I didn't like that here because I associate Alison Brie heavily with community, which is a comedy. Um, that and and glow which is a drama oh, but yeah. it's a comedy um and i've seen other stuff with her in it uh, nothing's she's in a lot of stuff to be fair like she's she's a very diverse actress but um i i heavily associate her with those two things um those are like my go-to when someone says alice and brie i think glow and i think community um and like she's in a lot of small parts and other stuff but um, and Little Hour is also a comedy. And uh, I still feel like some of it, I do think they they want you to laugh, but then they want you to be uncomfortable with the laughter. I, 
That's what I, but also, do you feel like you were just wanting to laugh because you were uncomfortable? I didn't really feel like laughing at any of it. That's possible. Um, I, I don't know. I think I find, I do find humor in some odd places. Um, like I, I'm going to let you in on something. So a, oh, a friend, a friend <laughs> sent a, a group chat, a, a, uh, a lie about someone dying of COVID-19, right? Okay. Like it was a prank and it, the, it was the all I didn't click on the link. All I the when he loaded the link, it said Brett Michaels died from COVID-19. And my brain would not let go of jokes about poison, like because he was the singer for the band Poison. And I didn't make the jokes, but in my head. I kept making the jokes. I'm like, I could say this. I'm like, but that wouldn't be appropriate. Then I found out Brett Michaels did not die of COVID-19 and that was uh, it was a prank thing I don't even know why I'm assuming because people would make jokes about it being poison but that's my brain does go to dark humor quickly as dealing with anything it's not meant to be offensive and I want that to be clear um I deal with stress with comedy so you're you're probably right the scenes that were making me feel uncomfortable maybe I was laughing out of that discomfort to try to alleviate that feeling um, especially if you didn't feel that at all. Mm-mm. This movie so, made me so sad. Like, <sighs> once, so I think that's the other thing. Um, the movie starts very, very slowly with what you're getting into, right? Um, cause Molly Shannon, okay. That's another thing. Molly Shannon and I heavily associate with comedy, right? Yeah. She often plays, even in her in the more dramatic role, she's often the comedic relief. Think uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Her scenes oh. with with Greg are so awkward. My little my little modest mouse, and it's like it's just <laughs> so strange, right? And I've I've taught that film for years now. Like probably I've shown it every year for like the last four years. So I've seen it a lot, and I've watched my students always cringe when she's on screen because they make it makes them so uncomfortable. Mm. So maybe between the two of them, the movie opens with them, right? And it immediately put me on, this is going to be a comedy. Also, I'd heard it was weird. Weird is a a word that my students use far too frequently to describe things they don't know how to explain. Yeah, Like interesting. (laughs) Like interesting. Um, And so uh, I, I took weird to mean, you know, maybe they just didn't get it, which is probably true. But not in the way that my I went into this anticipating more humor. I than, did too. Uh, than what we get, I guess. Because you're right. I do definitely associate Molly Shannon that way. Um. So I really um was definitely misled and was waiting for it to like here's the twist and so i did i had uh, almost a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth at one point because i had felt like it was trying to be funny um i don't know maybe it's also conditioning of like old school that characters like hers were often the butt of jokes in older movies you know not they weren't usually like if they were the protagonist they were going to be by the end of the movie, they would be changed because they would realize that they're weird. You know what I'm saying? Like Revenge of the Nerds type of thing where like this awkward weirdo is the is 
going to become the, they're the ugly duckling story, right? Like by the end of this journey, they will be the, the swan. And that's not what this movie does, nor is it what it was trying to do. But that, I think that's where I went in also with that comedic mindset. Um, so uh, with, we've said a lot, but without saying anything. And that's something I think before we get into spoilers, um, this movie is definitely going to mess with all sorts of ideas of what you think is happening. It, it is going to play on a variety of things. And when you finish it, the movie wants you to decide where you stand with what you saw. And it does not give you a definitive answer in that regard. And that might be more confusing than not saying anything at all. But I feel the need to like, if you're going to sit and watch this, it is going to require you to do a lot of thinking and assembling information in order for you to make any sense whatsoever, which I think is a, is a compliment to the film. I, I think what Bree set out to do with Benea or however I'm supposed to say his name is, um, Bena. A, Bena is not a task easily achieved. And so I think that the very, at the very minimum, this movie deserves credit for that. Um, it's ambitious. And I think if, I think where I said I had like a sourness is my initial mindset was so determined that it was making light of things. And now that you're, you came at it from a different perspective. Um, it is making me reevaluate was, did I project what I expected this movie to be on what it was doing rather than what it was doing? And I think, yes, I think I totally did. Um, which is probably why I had the sour taste. Cause I'm like, this is supposed to be funny. And uh, and again, I, I, I'm also using Ingrid Goes West as my reasoning for why I projected, because it did remind me of that. Because um, I think there's good in Ingrid Goes West, but it goes, I think it, it really loses it in the third act, because I think it goes too far, and I still feel like it's making fun of mental health. Where here, the mental health aspects of this film, um, I do think there's still some scenes that feel like hard to not kind of laugh at the way the, the performances are being done. Um, some characters feel, I don't know. There's stuff that they do like that feels like it's trying to be funny at times, but again, not necessarily mocking the, the mental health. It's just maybe trying to make the scene feel to give you a, a break to alleviate from the, the, the tension and the potential sadness of it. But um, I'll, I'll go, I guess we need to get into spoilers because I'm just going to keep rambling. Um, let's go to spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about Horse Girl in great detail. You have been warned. All right. So one of the scenes that I feel they play for a little bit of humor, um, a couple of things. So when she's in the lucid dream and she's like in the spaceship, which is the only way I can describe it, like the first couple of times when she like looks to the right and she like looks to the left, there's a sound effect of her like, like looking. It's kind of weird. And like, it sounds sci-fi ish, but it doesn't really make sense. Cause like it implies her neck is making the sound. Cause like her head turns and it's like, or whatever the sound effect was. It was something along those lines to be fair. Um, like that to me feels like it's meant for humor, right? Like, cause it's, it's taking, it doesn't sound scary. But it also doesn't sound like it's not dramatic. It's it's it sounds like a slide whistle to me. Like it could have been like whoop, and I would have been like ha ha. So like there's that, and then the scene where she's hired the plumber to try to get. She's trying to talk to John Ortiz's character, 
and the other guy shows up and then she's letting him like work on the pipes and then her roommate shows up and the roommate's like what the hell are you doing we rent why would you pay for someone to replace the pipes um that whole scene feels zany to me and i think it's partly of the performances because she is like i don't know it's just like the pacing because she's lying to cover up the dis like that she's losing her her mind kind of thing her shit yeah i was trying not to curse but yeah um sorry guys um but you know what i mean like it feels like there's like a, a manic energy which well, I f- makes sense i feel but... like for what she's going through and what she's putting i feel kind of bad saying it this way but what she's putting the people around her through mm. because of what she's going through i feel like she is manic she has lost she's no she's no longer reasonable like i mean even setting up that appointment she just walks in and all the money that her stepdad gave her for her birthday which was like at least a grand she just like throws it on the counter doesn't even ask how much it is or anything she's just like here take all this money and come to my house and fix these pipes just because she wanted to talk to someone that she keeps seeing in her dreams or on the spaceship you know i don't know i felt yeah i don't know i felt like that was where she was well and so the movie the what the movie does that's really interesting is it makes us question whether or not she's crazy or if she's actually experiencing time travel slash um all of the the i guess what might be hallucinations or projections um that they're real and you don't get a final answer. Um, and I really like they, they pull things because early in the movie, we see a horse walk through the parking lot, like Molly Shannon turns and we, she just catches the end of a horse at the end of the movie. We see Alison Bree's character walking with the horse through the parking lot. And the implication being that nude. that was her. Um, was she new yeah, at that point? I don't know if she was new to that part. She, I was a little surprised at like yeah. the level of nudity uh, that she wrote herself into, I guess. Um, I feel, like i agree with you 100 percent because i feel like but i even was surprised when we saw the nudity we did with nicole kidman in the last movie we watched because i feel like i feel like allison brie is at that point where she doesn't need to do that well so she had done a lot without i had not i'd seen most of her stuff and then she that that sounded wrong again so (laughs) i'd seen most of her movies and tv shows Except for I hadn't seen Mad Men, but Mad Men's a, a network show, so it's not there's no nudity in Mad Men, um, at least not like maybe a butt, but there was nothing there'd be nothing else. Um, and then I when I watched Glow, I was really surprised that she was naked because I'm like, what she she yeah because she doesn't need in like in episode one of Glow like super naked like very sexually charged uh, scenes, and I'm like she's already an established actress why is she like why she and again. that it's that's an american sensibility that we're acting like nudity is this big deal it shouldn't be we've made it a big deal uh with puritanical points of view that don't really make sense so it shouldn't and it's no judgment to her um but we also know we're we're living in the me too movement uh where a lot of actresses were pressured to do stuff like that in order to get work and so um you look at like amelia clark who in season one of uh game of thrones is naked a lot 
And then after that, she's now an established actress. You see that Daenerys stops having to have nude scenes in all the episodes. She still shows up naked from time to time. But by comparison to season one, it's significantly different because she became, you know, someone who had that kind of uh, sway. So when you see an actress like choose to do this, it is it's a little surprising. Um, And I mean, for the most part, the nudity is. Like, you wouldn't even have to show it, really. Like, you would, like, how many times have we seen, like, a PG movie or PG-13 movie where a character is naked, quote-unquote, and, like, uh, you know, it's we see, you know, shoulders up, we see their legs are in, the, in people's reactions, we, we can put it together. So, she doesn't have to be naked in a couple of the scenes, like, when she w- wakes up and walks out of her shower into the 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 fabrics, the Joanne Fabric store that she works at. It's not actually Joanne Fabric, but... um. <laughs> you know like and again it's not a criticism in a, in a, any negative way but it is a little shocking because she doesn't have to do that and yet did and so like you have to ask well why did she feel why did she and the director feel that we needed to see that she was naked versus using editing to give the implication that she was naked um was it to make us uncomfortable uh, which the movie's doing a lot anyway. So like, would was it necessary to make us more uncomfortable? Probably not. Um, I don't know. Um, you you asked about or you mentioned the closure thing. What what did you, what did you mean it exactly? <sighs> that there is no closure. Like it. Do you mean because we don't know if interpretation? If she, Yes. Yeah. So that we are not told whether or not she actually experienced those things or if she is crazy. Yes. Which I have my own ideas about that. I'm sure that you have your own ideas about that. Have I ever told you that I used to sleepwalk? (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. So that's terrifying. Um, I did it a lot when I was a kid. And then I think the last time that I can remember sleepwalking, I was like, 19 or 20 or 21 and it was never anything like dangerous i would just i think that i woke up when i was a kid like standing in a corner of a room creepy creepy stuff like if i had a kid and they did that it would bother me a lot and i used to do like weird stuff as a kid but it was never like dangerous i never like ventured outside or anything like that because that would be a whole nother level. But <sighs> there are a couple things in the movie, especially because I saw like this, like on the IMDb page, it shows where she's outside. She goes outside a lot um, while she's sleepwalking. Um, and her, I noticed in the movie that her pajama top is like, pajama shirt is like turned around backwards. Oh, and it's like in that where she's outside walking by the phone booth and she's like, I don't know. It looks like a desolate part of town. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually that picture is on the IMDb page. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her pajama does appear to be backwards. It almost looks like her head's turned around. Oddly. Yeah. Like it's, um, I mean, so I... I th- I definitely think the movie wants you to be un- unsure about what you witnessed. Like, is she crazy? Is she not? 
And I think part of it, if, and I haven't read the full article, but I, I was, I wanted to know what someone who's maybe more like, like a therapist or a psychologist take on the depiction of mental health in this movie. Partly because I had that, that, that reaction of this was, was it mocking it? Um, so it, it, there is a lot that I found in this film to be tough to watch as well. And I think you and I both have personal things, uh, not necessarily our own experiences, but dealing with people who have, you know, symptoms of this type of anxiety and, and uh, uncertainty of what, you know, what they're experiencing and why they're experiencing it. And um, parts of it made me uncomfortable for that reason. Like, you know, just too close to home, too, too, too familiar. Um, but and it, that there's no answers makes it even more uncomfortable. But I mean, throughout the movie, and I'm not saying that just because it runs in your family that you're going to end up with any particular illnesses or symptoms, but it does make it more likely for a lot of things. And we learn that her grandmother was mentally ill. Well, maybe because then, well, I believe she was, but, um, throughout the movie she's like talking about how her grandmother thought that she had traveled in time and then she thought that she was her grandmother reincarnated and her mother had mental illness she committed Mm -hmm. suicide but it's like i feel like the end posits that she is not a clone of her grandmother but is her grandmother like that she's been displaced from time and like that the picture that she said looked like her was her and I that's why good oh that that really was a photo of her because that well oh go ahead well there's a lot like that there's a lot of little things so like i mentioned the horse that we see at the beginning and at the end which is before all of the events of the movie have happened yet there she is apparently walking the horse there's also um when she's first checked into the the psychiatric wing of the hospital or whatever the she's baker acted or whatever you want to say I'm, they don't officially say what happened but uh the therapist tells her you know you've been here for two weeks or something along those lines right and like, yeah. the last time we spoke or whatever and she's like we've never spoken he's like uh yeah we have then a later scene she sits with him and she's talking to him with familiarity and he's saying it's their first meeting so there seems to be this playing on when we are with her. Like it's, it's very, very hard. I I'm sure someone has cut this movie apart and replaced it into its like correct timeline oh, of like, yeah. this is here, this is there. Um, but that, that playing on it still leaves you to question it. Are we experiencing her moving through time or is this her hallucinations where she's, you know, how can we trust anything? Cause this is, while she's not narrating the film, we are following her, and so you have an unreliable narrator in a in a sense, uh, not as traditional as it would normally depict, where we're being spoken to or told things, but because the whole film is through her perspective, and her perspective is now in question because we don't know if she's crazy or not. Everything we witness now has to be put through that lens, and we have to ponder. <sighs> is it really happening or are we seeing what she is seeing? And a lot of the movie seems to imply the latter, that it's what she is seeing. And thus we are experiencing her mental health issues. And 
what is never diagnosed, but I, I feel like schizophrenia is what they're pushing for. Um, and maybe like paranoid delusions, uh, and things of that nature, even, um, I would say the, the fact that she thinks she's a time traveler in essence becomes like delusions of grandeur, uh, at that level, because she is, you know, almost godlike that she's able to like move through time, mm. uh, Dr. Manhattan style. I, and there are just like so many things we've already spoken about her mother. Um, and she, Paul Reiser's character, he was her, was his name Gerald? I can't remember. Something like that. Um, she asks him about her mother's mental illness and like her mind, I think is the word that she uses. Um, and if, because she's questioning her sanity too. Um, mm-hmm. Like, did it, was it like, did she ask if it was like long and progressive or if it like just kind of happened at the end? And I think he said it just kind of happened at the end. Um, but like, there are just so many things in her life that are tragic. Even um, mm-hmm. she, we see her with what used to be her horse at the beginning. And she's, it, <sighs> She's like acting like she goes to where her horse, her the horse she formerly owned, is at, and is talking to the people that ride the horse now, um, that are being trained to ride the horse, how to ride the horse, and she's like coaching them and stuff. So at first I thought it was a job, a second job that she had, but it's very quickly no that's not her horse anymore what are you doing here she and the horse have the same birthday so she like makes a lanyard for the horse then she goes back to visit the horse again uh you know kind of soon after and where's the lanyard blah 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 blah. and she she doesn't have boundaries no yeah very much um which is like when uh the roommate i actually one of the things i really like about the film is they don't make the roommate awful um, no. and Debbie Ryan often gets cast in this kind of bitchy character. Um, uh, since like her Disney days, that seems to be the, like the movie role she gets, or she's always like the edgy sister. I can't, there was a, I think it was every day she was in where she was like the edgy sister or whatever. And, um, they make her much more sympathetic, even when she's really like flipping out and acting crazy. Debbie Ryan's character, uh, Nikki, the roommate, um, is mostly kind and like even the guy they try to set her up with Darren, who's played by Matthew Gray Goobler. Um, I thought for sure it was going to be like a disaster or whatever. And they don't, they don't go that route with it. And I mean, it does, it becomes a disaster, but because of the, the mental illness, not because he's a jerk or something like that. Yeah. He's so nice. He really is. And they like, he's very kind to her and they, they don't act like, cause she's, they try to make Alison Brie plain Jane here because she's not, you know, she, she's old fashioned or whatever, but they don't, they don't act like she's not attractive. And I thought that was a good call too. Cause it's like, she's a little awkward, but she's, you know, Oh man, some of the, 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 the hugs that she does with him is like so uncomfortably awkward. Like just how she positions herself. You're like, Oh man. And that's where I think like the humor comes back in. Like, because again this movie i don't think is mocking her awkwardness or all those those tragic things that you've pointed out like that she has no boundaries and things um but i think my i've been conditioned through a lot of film with characters like that that they are the butt of the joke and this movie i don't think that's what is supposed to happen 
but I don't, I think I allowed myself to think that's what it wanted me to feel. And, um, in hindsight, especially having seen now the movie in its entirety, I don't think that's what it wanted me to feel. But initially I did. And again, I'm using a lot because I, Jeff Baina has done a lot of comedies. Little Hours is a comedy. Life After Beth is a comedy, a very dark comedy, right? But you wouldn't argue that it's not. So like, there's a lot of context to make me think this is meant to be more humorous than it maybe is. When I went looking for that article about the mental health, like I wanted to find like a therapist or something talking about the depiction of it here. All the only article I found was Alison Brie talking about her own experience with mental health and why she wrote this. And I didn't get to read the whole article and I, I meant to go back to it and I just got wrapped up with everything else. But I, I do want to like kind of see what she, where she was coming from with this, like what her goal of this movie is, um, because it might be, you know, if if her intent was all sincerity and no humor, it might be that this is maybe one of the best visual representations of what someone who is losing their touch with reality feels. Or not, you know, I, I don't know, because I, I have not. Uh, to my knowledge, unless unless you're not real and I'm talking to myself in a room with no microphone, um, as far as real. I know, as far as I know, I have not experienced any type of like hallucinations or anything like that. So, um, but the idea of the idea of it is something that has always freaked me out. Even like with movies about like the like the pod people, right? Like that fear of what if everybody around you is a pod person, how and you're the only one left? Like how do you deal with that and like or um you know there is this uh philosophical point of view that um the only thing you can know really exists is yourself because you perceive everything through your mind and you can only know what you perceive and thus you can never prove that anything else exists outside of your own mind um you can make arguments for it and you like, oh i can feel it yes but how do you know you feel something your brain has impulses that it sends to you thus even your own body is not inherently for sure real. That's the whole idea of the matrix or the whole idea of the brain in the jar, that if you were to stimulate the brain, you could make your brain believe whatever you wanted to. And thus there's no way to ever prove that you're more than just a brain in a jar. Thus horse girl's whole premise. There's no way to prove that she is or isn't crazy with the information that we were provided. We can both conclude one or the other. We can conclude that she's not crazy and this is all happening and it's time travel or you can land on the other side of the coin and say that she is crazy and all of this is a hallucination and nothing more. And it's very sad and tragic. Um, and I think that's what makes this movie arguably brilliant is that it does such a good job of straddling that line that it's hard to decide where it falls. And I think that is what it wants. It wants you to be uncertain like the character. She is uncertain of what's going on and it's tough. Yeah, I do want to say about uh, Molly Shannon's character, too, though, that she, the way that she always reacts to her is so mm -hmm. empathetic. And yes. she, it's everyone in the movie could have treated her like she was a mutant, but no one really does. Darren's character gets a little overwhelmed and wants to dip out, you know, because he didn't know she was being serious to begin with. Um, well, and it's yeah, a but, whole lot. She also wants to dig up her grandmother. Like, yeah, at that and, point. Yeah, that's where he like lost it. So I forgot about that part. But she's also like stalking people at their houses. Um, she, oh, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. And then yeah, she stalks that guy. And then 
Yes, goes to try to dig up her grandmother. Was it because of DNA testing? I can't remember what she said. Um, yeah, like the they they did like the uh, ancestry dot com kind of test, and oh, for some yeah. reason hers was taking a long time. Um, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah, but I mean, like everyone could have, you know, been rotten to her. Which her roommate's boyfriend is a d-bag but i just think that he's a d-bag it's interesting i'm looking at um wait who's boyfriend uh is it nikki oh the roommate's boyfriend yeah he's a total d-bag the whole see that's another scene that has to be humor with him making them listen to his like freaking mixtape yeah so i i don't think that it (sighs) i know a movie can have humor in it and it not not be be a a comedy comedy. yeah for sure but but when when you have a character who is so socially awkward and weird then you have those moments of humor it it becomes a a line where i found it hard to decide what the movie wanted me to think and that's where i leaned in to the comedy and you went the other direction completely with it but i'm looking at um the imdb like user reviews mm-hmm. and man some people I feel like are way too quick to commit. Cause there's a person who's using the horse thing that I've already mentioned like twice in this episode as their concrete evidence that she's not crazy. I'm like, yeah, but you have to understand she was there. And while Molly Shannon saw the horse, she didn't see a person. So the fact that we're getting information like that doesn't mean it's what really happened um, because she could be projecting that memory of that moment and making it, you know, using it as a rationalization of her delusion. Like, um, this is here's deliberately ambiguous to produce two films. See, that's a smart review. Cause I think this movie purposely leaves you wanting to not know a lot of people. A lot of the positive reviews are getting this kind of deep detail. I'm not, I'm getting to the, I'm curious who, like what the negative reviews are. I think for me, the only reason you hate this movie is because it is ambiguous. Uh, and I'm not saying you, Corey. I mean, like, as a viewer, if you hate this movie, it is probably because you want something much more straightforward. And this movie is not doing that for you whatsoever. This is a movie that's meant to make you think. It's meant to make you question. It's uh, It wants you to interact with it. It wants you to tackle with what it's dealing with. Um, and I think it wants you to debate it. And I don't even necessarily know if it wants you to like it. Um, but it, it, it's definitely going to make you ponder and question and feel things and that i think alone makes it a valuable piece of art even if you don't enjoy watching it 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 is making you think and it's making you question and it's doing it in an entertaining way um because there are like some of the scenes are really weird there's some interesting visuals um i kind of love that her like favorite show is like a mocking of supernatural i Uh, thought it was so funny that robin tooney (laughs) was like the lead character especially you know because i watched empire records yesterday yeah it it feels like um it's a mix of uh x-files supernatural Mm -hmm. and um bones is what i got the vibe from too which i never really watched bones but just like i'd always seen like clips of bones like or the trailers or the commercials or whatever and that's the vibe I got. But like, there's one scene with her and the other guy, and they're like talking about like a dead body or whatever. And it totally reminded me of Bones. I was like, "This is it, Bones." And then there was like demons. I'm like, "Wait a minute, maybe <gasps> it's supernatural." Like, um, but uh, 
like there's a lot of little things that are kind of humorous and quirky and then even her like like some of the cinematography like when they're cutting the fabric that's the movie opens with just a plain color and then it's revealed that it's fabric and it's like that's a really cool shot like they the movie does some really cool stuff um it is definitely a film that not everyone's going to enjoy but i i liked i you know i think we could talk about this for hours because there is no clear-cut conclusion there's so many little details that we could you know go into um i don't know i i'm i'm ready to wrap up the conversation is there anything else that you wanted to bring up because i might have spoke over you or something Mm, no i i do think that actually um people should be aware that it's probably a lot heavier than you're probably Mm. going to expect yeah uh i mean even because that's the thing and i think this the name of the movie i think is bad um, because horse girl is a thing. Did, are you familiar with the, the internet phrase horse girl? No. So I'm going to pull it up because I, I, I was not aware of it. Um, so in 2018, there's an article. What is a horse girl, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's hard to say exactly when horse girl energy became a thing. I'm reading from this article. Um, but apparently in 2018, it was taking over the internet. Uh, according to this article from Pop Buzz, um, I'm trying to find exactly like a definition of what it is. Identifying a horse girl is simple. If someone's life revolves around horses, they are a horse girl. That classmate who always went to Pony Club during the summer holidays, a horse girl. The friend whose bedroom is covered in rosettes, I don't even know what that is, a horse girl. The family member who never grew out of their My Little Pony obsession, a horse girl. So, while yes, technically speaking, her character loves her horse. That is one of many traits of her personality. And so I don't know if that's the, the title of the film. You know what I mean? Because I think that's the other reason why I thought it was funny. I thought it was going to be making fun of that internet sensation. Because I had heard that term from students before. And I also think that's why some people might watch that movie. So am I like a cat girl? I mean, I just don't feel like i don't know or well, girl. i remember there was like a meme of like a girl in a, a a shirt that was like a horse t-shirt like it had like a horse on it and it was like a very it was a kind of mean like derogatory type meme you know where it was almost mocking the person that it was utilizing um which i guess a lot of memes do and uh that's why I, I think part of that mindset too, because it's like why horse girl? Because again, yes, she is very into her horse, but it's not that she's like into horses. She's into her horse, right? Like you don't get like she doesn't have horses everywhere in her in her house or anything. At least I don't remember that element of the film um, well, if it was there. Yeah, and like we didn't talk about her friend that the girl that got hurt. Yeah, riding a horse. Um, yeah. And it, to me, it seemed like that might have been why that's not her horse anymore. Yeah, they, that's definitely, I think, the implication. So, I don't know. I just feel like so much of her life is so tragic. And I feel like at the beginning of the movie, she's doing such a good job. I don't even want to... I I feel like I'm sounding insensitive. But I feel like she's still keeping it together. And she's still got like a positive you know, outlook and attitude and she's still kind to people, but then it's just unraveling, unraveling, unraveling. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could see that for sure. And, but that's, I guess the other thing is there doesn't appear to be like a trigger 
that makes that happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, it just happens. Like all of a sudden she starts losing it. Like nothing. That's, I guess I was anticipating like maybe the, the, the guy like raping her or, um, thank you for not, not going not that necessarily... route. You're right. And not necessarily going that dark either. Like maybe him just being rude to her or, um, maybe like the roommate, like, Hey, we have a guy to set you up with. And he shows up like in a horse He's costume. A... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it could have gone any number of ways where something triggers it and nothing really does. It's just like, and that's, but I think maybe that's also part of the, the movie is like mental health does not just, it doesn't have to have a trigger. Sometimes it just happens. Um, it could be stress. It could be general anxiety. It could be, you know, getting older. It just can happen. It can come out of nowhere. Um, which uh, a few times I've meant to say this, another movie that now this is making me think of is take shelter. The Jeff Nichols movie with um, uh, Michael Shannon. And the reason why is you pointed out that she mentions her mom has uh, had a mental health issue. And that maybe is why she's doing it. Cause he has that too. Right. He brings up to like the therapist, like my mom had, you know, this, and is it likely that I have it? And like, there's that whole paranoia that he has because of that connection that is also in this movie. It's also very prevalent here. So um, it made me think of that too. So, Someone just mentioned that movie today as like a, uh, I think it was Chris Engler who uh, is part of Shudder. He tweets a lot and he will reply to you. So um, uh. people were asking about like movies that are good for watching during the pandemic. If you don't want to watch Contagion and they people were mentioning like Snowpiercer and The Road. And then he mentioned Take Shelter. And I feel like... That's a great movie, and if anyone hasn't watched it, I'm pretty sure it is on Shutter. So, yeah, Take Shelter is a fantastic movie. I actually and caught it um, uh, like a year ago with my film. Now their film Three Honors, and I just uh, right before we left for um, isolation, I had printed new uh, movie posters, and I found this awesome Take Shelter poster um, where it was like uh, Michael Shannon's character is like an artist rendering of him like leaning over, and uh, the thought bubble above his head was that it was the title take shelter but instead of a thought bubble it was a tornado thought bubble like coming oh, out of his head yeah it was re- show me really that. cool i will try to find a picture of it I, I can't i won't be in my classroom anytime soon so it's just sitting on the wall by itself um with a bunch of other movie posters but so um, great. i think we should probably wrap this up uh we've talked quite a bit about horse girl um I, I'm going to give this movie a not-quite-golden-pony-boy rating for sure. I, I don't think it's a must-see, only because I don't think everyone will take away from it what it's trying to do or be willing to grapple with the, the subject matter. So I think it's it's leaning towards must-see because I think for the right person, this movie could be important. Um, I, I kind of want to rewatch it now with, the, with oh. that. Because I feel like I can come at it with a different angle. I feel like I came at it with the wrong mindset. And I'd like to give it another go looking at it as a mental health study. That's fair. I'm going with a decent watch. I I thought you'd go higher, actually. I thought um, it seems like it. it, I understand that it didn't make you feel good, but it seems like it it resonated with you. Well, but not necessarily anything that I wanted it to resonate with. <laughs> so <laughs> True. It was just... But that doesn't make the movie bad. It just makes it unenjoyable. <laughs> so I don't like... We have established this. I... It's like... You're not wrong. You know, like, this... 
for me, I don't think I want to watch this movie again. I yeah. I was very sad watching this movie. It affected me that What's night fu- and the next day. I, I've I've had that with some movies, uh, and I'm and not. There was one recently that really did that to me. Um, I just feel like there is back to the film contagion. noir. It was contagious. <laughs> that was the movie really? that messed me up. Really, I was just yeah. like. Oh my god, this is just what's happening right now. Everything scene by scene is are all of our government officials just taking cues from watching this movie? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I can see where that would mess you up though, but I don't know. It was a little too personal. I get that. Um, and I was not expecting it. Cuz some like this would be a movie that I would have to like work myself up to if I had I don't know. Yeah, well um, and I, I'm not disputing your, your perspective, although I do want to give you, I don't think I've told you this. Um, I was teaching film noir, uh, for my biz tech <laughs> class right before we went on break. And I did like a five minute lecture on why Corey doesn't like film noir. <laughs> so if any students are listening, hello, it's me. Um, yeah, I don't like it. Um, so that's our episode, uh, for Hor- horse girl. Um, it is on Netflix, uh, it is a movie that is challenging. Know that going in, and it does have some nudity in it. Um, but I, it's mostly non-sexual. But there is some sexual stuff at one point that was weird, but I guess valuable. Kind of, I don't know. Um, there's some. I've, I've watched some awkward sex stuff on, on movies and TV lately. I'm just like, why, 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 why? Um, because it's it's always out of nowhere and it's like always loud too. I'm just like oh, I'm not God. watching weird stuff on purpose, everybody. <laughs> but um, this is just, just a scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm sorry. Um, but that's uh that's the episode. Um, if you like what we're doing, please rate and review the podcast. Uh, we will be back next week with our. Uh, I don't even remember. Hold on, I need to look. What are we watching next week? Um, but in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Corey, where can they find you? At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end, if you like photos of cats. And you can find <laughs> me at, at Burke Reviews on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Letterboxd.com, a website I keep really pushing. Oh, that's right. Next week's a horror film. Uh, we are going to be watching oh, yeah. the, the Ritual on uh, another Netflix original. Actually, the next two films are horror films, uh, but this one is on Netflix. Um, so if you want to watch that and give us your thoughts, you can hit us up again on social media or uh, call anchor.fm, um, use their app to call our show and leave a voicemail of your thoughts on the ritual. Um, this one is recommended. I picked it because a student, one of my uh, my year three students, recommended this film to me a while ago, and I've been meaning to get to it. Um, just the same. I've been meaning to watch The Platform on Netflix that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, to the point where I had mentioned it to Matt. Matt didn't know it was out. Matt watched it. I still have not watched it. No, so. no. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so we're going to be uh, back next week to talk about the ritual. In the meantime, um, follow us on social media, as we said. And most importantly, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.